How's it going, everybody? This is Joey from Underage Packers. Welcome to episode 50. Today, Wes Hockwoods of Packers.com joined me again uh, for a Christmas doubleheader. Today, we had a really good chat about the Titans game coming up and uh, a lot of where the Packers can go in the playoffs. Do they have the pieces? Do they have the leadership, the talent to win a Super Bowl? We also compare it to the 2010 team, what those different teams look like. Either way, I think it's a great chat. You're not going to want to miss out on it. Uh, make sure you listen to our episode we put out on Christmas Eve if you have not already. Without further ado, let's get this started. Let's talk a little bit about that at Super Bowl. Uh, me and Big B, I don't know if he was ready for it this past Monday, but <laughs> the Super Bowl, you know, especially after the passing of Kevin Green this uh, this week, I've been looking back on a lot of a lot of 2010 Super Bowl films on the Packers and I just there was something about that team. Even like I went back and watched a little bit of that Eagles wild card game. There was something with that team that had Super Bowl written all over it. Um, you know, there's still two weeks left in the season, and a lot can happen in there. But do you think the Packers have those key pieces of leadership, uh, coaches, uh, encouragement, uh, and effort on this team? Not that every but every Super Bowl team needs to follow the formula of 2010. Right. But do the Packers have those pieces to win a Super Bowl? Well, you know what made that that group special, Joey, was the fact that obviously Aaron Rodgers coming into his own as an elite player, uh, a plethora of receiving talent, Jordy Nelson making a huge jump in the second half of that season. Um, You know, you look at defensively, the amount of playmakers they had. But it was also the little things, though, too, right? James yeah. Starks coming out of relatively nowhere to be their lead back during the postseason. You need those type of players that aren't necessarily the ones that are going to be on the cover of the programs, but guys that come out and emerge as offensive weapons, as defensive stalwarts, and even in some extent, you know, special teams mavens. So that's the starting point. And I think you've seen that throughout the course of the season. I think you've mm-hmm. seen guys, whether it be your, your Alan Lazards or your, your Robert Tunyon's uh, you look on the defensive side of the ball, as we already touched on with Barnes, but even, you know, Rashawn Gary making a jump this year, Yeah, those types of guys have, this team is much better today than it was when it started the season back in September. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out that way for NFL teams. Teams get worn down. Older players get, you know, get exposed over the course of a long season. I feel like Green Bay really is peaking, and that's what that 2010 team did. Mm-hmm. The second aspect of that, though, as you said, was the leadership. 2010 might be one of the biggest collection of leaders yeah. that you've seen, at least during the modern era with, with the Green Bay Packers. Charles Woodson becoming a guy that at one point was sort of maligned and, you know, didn't necessarily want to be in green Bay. Well, then suddenly he's the spokesman for this defense. He's the the pulse of that defense. And when he's not in there in the super bowl, everybody, Jared Bush, they all raise their level of play. But also you look at this year's group, Mercedes Lewis, a guy that has been around for 15 years that suffered a lot of losing Joey, a lot of losing up until that moment that, Hey, he made the AFC championship game with Jacksonville. And then Mm -hmm. after that, it looks like, well, maybe this is the door closing on him in his career, but he's shown not only as a pass blocker, as a run blocker, but just as a voice in that locker room, how valuable he is the defensive side of the ball, the characters that they have, there may not be like that big veteran presence like that 2010 team did, but there's a lot of guys like Adrian Amos and Jair Alexander, the way that they carry themselves, I think says a lot about that group. So from a pure talent standpoint and from a just a pure leadership standpoint, this group definitely checks the boxes to be a Super Bowl contender, mm-hmm. but 
you I've covered these games long enough. I've covered these teams long enough. This isn't the NBA. It's not major league baseball. You don't get a best of seven. You have to be best of that day, best mm -hmm. of one. And that's why when you hear Matt LaFleur talk about one and oh each week or just being able to carry it over into the next performance, that's why it's so important. Because if you don't bring your A game on one set day, that's the 2011 team. Yep. It's going to be the end of your season. Yeah. And we'll talk about uh, kind of what, the downfall of that 2011 team uh, in the week 17 catastrophe that happened there. But I, I love what you brought up there about the role players. Uh, and Rogers talked a bit, a little bit about the, that in his press conference last week, friend of the show, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like there's a lot of guys on this team, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, uh, Jamal Williams, MVS, who, you know, like you said, they're not going to be the stars of the show. They're not going to be game planned against or for, but they're going to do their one eleventh. They're going to do exactly what they're asked to, and they're going to make plays when they're needed um, on the defensive side of ball and leadership. I think, you know, Rodgers was obviously much younger in his first Super Bowl. I think he's, after three NFC Championship game losses, he's going to be very hungry to get back. Uh, and Mercedes Luce, another one of those guys. I think this team has those leadership pieces uh, that, that would feel that encouragement to step up at the right time. Yeah, and, and those voices are important, dude. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's where it isn't necessarily just, hey, you rah rah, let's go. It, you know, let's let's have some kind of fun, win it for the Gipper speech. That's not the way it works. But it's about understanding that the ebb and flow of a season, and it's one of the reasons why I believe to this point now on December twenty third that we're taping this, mm -hmm. the the Green Bay Packers have not lost back to back games underneath Matt Lafleur. Yeah, they've avoided those losing streaks because of the way they've bounced back from adversity, and that's not just the losses. The games in which they've won too, where they haven't been completely pleased with how they've played, learning mm -hmm. from that and carrying it through to the next week. That's where the best teams really, I you know, they solidify themselves, they separate themselves from the pack over the course of a long season. And this time of year, you get two more strikes here. And yep. the thing that's funny about it is if the Packers do take care of business and a couple things fall their way, maybe even as early as you know, Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Packers are one 31 minute flight away from having a direct path to the Super Bowl yep. that runs through 1265 Lombardi Avenue. That is, if, if, if you can't get up for that, uh, yep. th there's nothing that's going to do it for you because especially during a COVID year where you don't want to be isolated in a hotel for 13, 14 hours before a game, yep. this is the way, this is yep. the way to do it. And it's right up there for them right now with the way that these seatings have lined up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to see an NFC championship game in Lambeau. We were lucky enough uh, to get a divisional round game uh, in a first round bye at Lambeau. But, you know, uh, having an NFC championship game after, uh, you know, three heartbreaking performances, the three steeners there I think would be absolutely huge. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, this upcoming Titans game here. So the story, the big, scary, big, bad wolf of the Titans team is obviously Derrick Henry. Um, so I think looking at this, I'm not Matt LaFleur. I'm not at the Packers head coach, thank God. Um, but you know, I think you look at this and, you know, they're not going to say it in their press conference, but you look at this from a coaching staff point of view, no one's been able to control Derrick Henry. We're probably not going to be able to control Derrick Henry. Let's find a way to win, uh, while still not just allowing him, but still when we know we won't be able to control them, still finding a way to win. Um, do you think that's uh, not necessarily how Matt LaFleur is looking at this, but do you think that should be the mindset for the Packers going into this game? 
I do, Joey. And the way I termed it in the insider inbox that I wrote for um, Thursday, sorry, I got to mm-hmm. make sure I get my days right. I'm all mixed up with it uh, being Christmas week. Uh, the way I termed it is you have to make him work for his yards. You can't give him anything easy. Mm-hmm. The guy has played in 14 games this year and he's rushed for over hundred yards in nine of them. I mean, yeah. you've got to be realistic about what this game is going to be and how you're going to be able to defend him. Uh, the guys that are as big as he are, as he is as powerful as he is and how quick he is, I, there's only so much you're going to be able to do against him, but it's how many guys are going to the ball, how many hats are around the ball. And when he's in the middle of the field, you can't let him break into the second level. You do not want to let that guy with that body type being able to go full steam against your defensive backs. It's just a recipe for disaster. So mm-hmm. that's why I think this front seven, it's going to be a really important game. Now seeing exactly the, the, the formations and what the defense is going to look like is going to be really telling here. Do we see Mike Petton go back to more true, three, four base. Are we going to see that hybrid where they hit the five man front with one uh, base linebacker and then a, you know, a fifth defensive back. Is that the adjustment? There's going to be so many things that we're not going to know until the first quarter of that game on Sunday night. But the telltale sign is, is if he's able to start running early, that's where everything sets up for Tannehill. Mm-hmm. It sets up for Corey Davis, sets up for A.J. Brown. There are so many weapons on this team. We focus yeah. so much on, on Henry, and rightfully so. He's an MVP candidate for crying out loud. But they really, if, if it was just a running back, mm-hmm. that's one thing. It's everything they can do off of that running back. And Kenny yeah. Clark talked about it today too. This is a massive challenge for a run defense that has played considerably better since that first carry that they gave up to David Montgomery. They've built up some momentum here. As I said earlier, Dean Lowry, I think, is playing some of his best ball of the season. They appear to have gotten a good rotation down. You know the Smith bros and and Rashawn Gary are going to understand their assignment in this and holding the edges. All of those things have to come together to Mm -hmm. be able to put together a four-quarter performance in which he may run for 100 yards, but make sure that it's 20, 25, heck, 30 carries if it has to be. Yeah, and I think the Packers are in a prime position to uh, take away uh, from Derrick Henry. Find the one way to stop them, stop him by not stopping him, which is scoring early and making sure, like you said, that it, you know uh, he can't burst one off every uh, once in a while. So they're going to have to score early, score often. Um, yeah. And if they can make the Titans win by passing, which, like you said, is still lethal. Uh, but, you know, it's, I, I feel much more confident in that than Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I just think time of possession is going to be so pivotal in this game. I know at times Matt LaFleur is kind of not, you know, he, he doesn't put a whole lot of stock into it per se. Mm-hmm. But I do think the proof is in the pudding there. When, when you're able to dictate the tempo of a game, stitch together some of those 10, 11, 12 play drives and keep him off the field, keep Henry off the field that's going to not only behoove the offense to get into a rhythm and establish that it's also going to keep your defense off the field and let them get the breather. Cause this is going to be a tough night at the office. There's no doubt about it. There's just mm-hmm. no other way to look at it with this type of talent. But conversely, the one thing that nobody's really talking much about mm-hmm. this week is the Titans are in for a tall task defensively as well, going yeah. up against the league's third ranked uh, scoring offense, fourth ranked total offense, the Packers have a lot of things working for them too going into this game, especially Aaron Jones kind of hitting his stride now as a running back. The mm-hmm. fact that the Titans are the, have a dead last right now in sacks this season, only 14. This is a difficult challenge too for Tennessee, and that's why Green Bay, from the word go, has to be able to come out and really seize this game. 
Yep. And the thing that brought the Titans pretty far, they, I mean, they went to an AFC championship game. The thing that brought them so far was they had that powerful offense with Derrick Henry. Uh, and then their defense was also pretty stout. Yeah. But now uh, they've obviously faced a lot of drop off this year. Uh, they brought in Javion Clowney. He hasn't done too much this season. So if the Packers can pretty much do on offense what they've been able to do all this season uh, and be able to limit Derrick Henry as much as you can, I really see the, see them winning this game. Yeah, and it's it's going to be one of those battles where even if you get off to a fast start, you have to keep your foot on the pedal here. Yep. And and Green Bay has done they, – they've put together so many solid second quarters this season. I think they're like doubling their scoring against opposition in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. But how do you come out in that third quarter? That's going to yeah. be what I'm going to be looking for in this game. Last week, it was two, three and outs. The week before that, it was controlling time of possession for 13 minutes. Uh, th- those are going to be the telltale signs of this game and, and being able to ensure that even if you do get the start you're looking for, you're going to be able to pull it through for the rest of the game because all they have to do is look back to that Indianapolis game and see the type of competition that has been in the AFC South this year to yeah. understand, okay, there's a lot of teams here that are very hungry for that division title between uh, the Colts and obviously the Titans and a lot of teams in that conference in general that are really going for a playoff spot. Somebody mentioned an in inbox today, like, well, do you think you're going to see a little bit more vanilla game planning from both of these teams? Because, mm-hmm. well, they're both headed to the playoffs. Nothing's guaranteed for the Titans yet. Yeah. They need to win the division proceeding and they got to stay in this thing because there's still some teams that could yep. potentially win 10 games that are sitting on the outskirts of this thing. So yep. there is a lot for both of these teams to play for, but green Bay has to look at the positives. The fact that yep. they have this at Lambeau field, the fact that they are the ones that are going to be getting out of their own beds on su- Sunday morning to get ready for this thing, as opposed to the Titans across town who are going to be sitting there waiting to go to the stadium. Yeah, uh, not going off of, uh, you know, a vanilla game plan or maybe resting your starters, uh, like you said a little bit earlier, the Packers can clinch the first seed in the NFC uh, with simply a Rams win and a Packers win. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about that, 2011, 15-1 season, they have the first round by secured in Week 17. Um, Matt Flynn gets the win of that year, I believe, against Detroit. But, you know, you're resting your starters. Um, and then they they play not too good of a game against New York. So do you see them if the Packers uh, end up winning this game, things shake up for them, they clinch the first seed. Uh, what do you think uh, week 17 Bears game looks like? It's a good question because a lot of things are going to be in play there. Uh, you know, with the Bears, I mean, certainly they're going to be into this thing down to the final gun. Yep. Trying to make it, you know, see if they can, you know, complete that comeback the way that they've played the second half of the season. There's so many ifs, ands, and buts to that, and typically I don't like hypotheticals, but you do wonder with the way that this season has gone, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to stay in a rhythm and the fact that, you know, would that be still enough to want to keep your foot in the gas pedal? Yeah. That's going to be up. If it does come down to that, that'll be up to Matt LaFleur and his coaches to decide. I don't know, honestly, what I would do. Because I do remember 2011, and, you know, as well as – Flynn played in that game and he earned himself a big contract with it. Yeah, um, it was, you, you go back to see what happened in that, that divisional round game. And it wasn't the same team. They didn't play the way they were supposed to play. Now mm-hmm. it was cold. And you know, there's certain arguments to be made about, you know, where, where Favre was at at that point, but, or excuse me, where Rogers and the team were at at that point, different, in, uh, different playoff game. I'm against thinking a different playoff game. Yeah, no, but I mean, just seeing where the momentum of the team was, that was a different situation because team, Teams kind of had to start throwing the cover two at them, and then that made them run more, and it just kind of threw everything off kilter a little bit. So there's been a lot of these games in a lot of these moments where 
Green Bay has has been able to be in a position to to get a bye and then get into the playoffs and run with it. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny in that it's been so long. It seems like since they've been in yeah. a position where what you even say is a uh, you know really a, a thought. So mm-hmm. I, I'm torn on it, Joey. I, I don't know exactly what the big game plan would be there, but I will mm-hmm. say this. The fact of the matter is, I think the last few trips they've had to the postseason, they've gotten off to good starts in that first game. It's mm-hmm. been mostly about making sure that the guys are healthy and you're able to sustain that throughout a deep run. All right. Well, Wes, you've been so gracious with your time. I'll have one more question for you, and then I'll let you go um, work some stuff with Mike. But so uh, <laughs> going into the playoffs here, um, the Packers, they didn't too, do too well against Tampa Bay. Um, they were able to come out on a win against a very different Saints team. Is there a team uh, in the NFC playoff picture right now that you think the Packers do not match up with at, uh, well at all? Um, and is there a team that you think the Packers could take advantage of a lot? I personally just, I know this isn't answering your question. I will circle mm-hmm. back to it. I personally would love to see the matchup again with the saints. I don't care if it's at Lambeau or if they have to go back down to new Orleans, I'm sure the Packers would, mm-hmm. but I, I really do feel like those are the two best teams in the conference. Uh, yeah. They're the most consistent teams in the conference. And it would be good if we're talking about iron sharpens iron you want to have your best against the best. That's the matchup. And I honestly think that's probably yeah. the matchup the NFL would like too. <laughs> Tampa Bay did scare me to a, an extent just because of with Levante David and what they can do defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, JPP is going to be going back to another pro bowl here. Yep. They have a lot of talent and, and I thought they met, they had a really good game plan for how they attacked the Packers and how they adjusted uh, to that first quarter, but they've been so up and down this year. I mean, you just yeah. don't know what you're getting out of them. Uh, one week after the next. And I do honestly believe if that game's at, at Lambeau field, it, mm-hmm. it probably plays out a lot differently, especially now in the month of January. Yep. Um, I, I think the saints are the biggest test. And especially if they're playing on their fast track, I think that that's going to be uh, one that you're going to look at. Cause even if you, you see that game last week, certainly Kansas city controlled the tempo of it, but with breeze back now, I mean, the, everything opens back up for that o- offense as good as Taysom Hill is. And maybe he will end up being the heir apparent there. Packers legend. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it, it, I, I just I think that that's the team where you look at where they are defensively now compared to where they were in September. Uh, it, it also is vastly improved uh, in yeah. terms of what they've been able to accomplish to this point. So I think the Saints are right up there. Um, and then obviously, whoever wins the NFC East. Yep. Uh, and we'll see how, I mean, Washington football team, the New York giants could really, well, we'll see uh, how they perform here, but I mean, who knows anything could happen <laughs> given Sunday. Hey, uh, I will say this. I will say this. If we could actually see an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Alex Smith playoff game, again, oh I think that would be an amazing story if it would work out that way, but oh, yeah. there would, there would have to be a lot of dominoes that would kind of fill <laughs> in for that to be a thing, but you never know. Yeah. NFL films would love it. Um, but well, Wes, I, I like, let's give our final score predictions. I won't steal any uh, pages from final thoughts, uh, but let's hear your final score prediction uh, for this game against Tennessee. Yeah, I'm going to go. It's going to be a weird one. I'm going to go 33, 27 uh, for green Bay. I, I do believe that you're going to see Derek Henry have some big opportunities. The, the, the moment in is going to be how the Packers respond to that first time that necessarily doesn't break a run, but where he does kind of demoralize you a little bit with either the stiff arms or the power running style. 
um, it's not easy to get punched in the mouth and just to get back up and, and rally. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that this guy hasn't been held, what is it underneath 60 yards this season? Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I maybe, and maybe it's like three times under 80. I mean, the guy, the guy's on a different level and he's going to be a 2000 yard rusher barring injury. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that's, that's where he's at right now. So you got to adjust your barometer and understand that, okay, there's going to be moments where the Titans are going to seize control of this game. How does the Packers offense respond? And I like their chances in this matchup. Yeah. One other stat I threw out there an insider inbox, mm-hmm. Devonte Adams, a lot of consternation this week about, okay, how teams are defending him. How are the Packers going to, what's going to be the changeup? What's going to be the counter to this? One thing to keep in mind in games in which Devonte Adams has finished. So that's eliminating Detroit mm-hmm. and he has been held underneath a hundred yards he's come back the next game with a hundred yard performance and each of those also with a touchdown. Yeah. The Packers have had a really good feel for what, if something doesn't go necessarily according to plan, how they are going to adjust and make the modifications for the following week to make him that threat that Aaron Rodgers is, is, you know, so connected with, but Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard, we'll have to see what happens with Jamal Williams. If he's available or not, hasn't practiced at this point in which we're taping this on Wednesday night. All that being said, I just think that the firepower of Green Bay's offense, if they do not turn over the football, the Packers are 10-0 and 0 this season when they don't turn over the football. Thank you, Mike Vrabel. <laughs> they are going to be, I think, in a really solid position to win this game. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens if the Los Angeles Rams, yep. Matt LaFleur's good buddy, Sean McVay, <laughs> can maybe get a big victory there against the Seattle Seahawks to make this playoff picture a lot clearer. I would love to see it. I think this game is going to be all about momentum. Uh, like you said, how the Packers respond to when the inevitable happens and Derrick Henry breaks one off. I'm going to go with a final score of 35-24. Packers get the victory, obviously. All right. Wes, uh, I cannot thank you enough for your time and coming on even after my recent controversies. <laughs> Joey, it was a blast. I have to give you a lot of credit. Uh, anytime a 15-year-old entrepreneur <laughs> a young man with high aspirations uh, can get a rise out of an entire media core. Aaron Nagler, yeah, Packers head coach, a two-time, maybe soon to be three-time MVP quarterback. That's quite an imprint, my friend, and you certainly made your presence felt. I need to get some frame. You know, I wish Aaron Rodgers would have mentioned that, but you know, it's all right. Uh, I can't. Man, can only ask for too much. Um, what? You got to get like one of those videos that just keeps replaying the same thing over and over again and just have that in a monitor in the background is what yeah, you need to do. I'll, I'll get like one of those frames my mom has where you click and it plays a sound that would be, that would that'd be <laughs> That's fantastic. That's exactly what you need. <laughs> Wes, I don't think I need to ask uh, where people can find you, but you can find me, uh, me personally at Joey G- GPG on Twitter and find all of the stuff we're putting out on our Underage Packers YouTube and Twitter channel. Thanks so much, Wes. Absolutely, man. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. Go Pack Go!